Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to this, the 19th and probably one of the most surreal and possibly the most amusing and bizarre um, MadAxman.com lockdown podcast. We've got the normal gang, but we've also got a special guest appearance and a showstopper from Andy's wife um, with a wonderful contribution. We also have all the regular features. We've got the quiz, we've got Napoleonics, we've got army list discussions, we've got painting, we've got gaming things to do. We've got all sorts of weird and wonderful interesting topics to talk about in great detail but no great depth really whatsoever so sit back put your ears on listen to the podcast this means war Welcome, everybody. Welcome all. Well, welcome all seven little faces on screen, one of which is mine, I guess, to the 19th, the, the penultimate in this limited special series, although 20 episodes <laughs> of, of two hours of a time doesn't feel particularly limited, um, long as lockdown has been, in, in the lockdown podcast series. So we've got the full gang of seven here again, um, and I'm told Even. that we will, despite rumours, have the full gang of seven and next week's sort of final celebratory valedictory episode as well. And um, I guess we've now got a, almost a traditional, as we creep towards the end of this, we've got a traditional way of starting, which is to answer some of the questions from um, last week that we failed to ask um, or, or failed to even talk about, possibly. So first of all, very contentious subject. In the future, if you can imagine that, will face-to-face gaming ever really replace online play? Simon, what do you think? Oh, tough choice. Um, yes. Yes, you think so. Mr. Saunders, do you think real gaming might replace the, you know, the online play that we all do now? Or is, there, is there a lot of downsides played, to it? Having played a reasonable amount of online, I, I, I'm uh, itching to play proper toys. I, I miss the toys. Right. Andy Finkel, is, are, you, are you getting a scratchy itch when you think about meeting people in the flesh? Definitely, yeah. I think that um, face-to-face gaming is... A lot less fiddly than um, online, but online's good in some ways because it means you can uh, interact with people in different countries and who knows when we'll be able to travel around easily in the foreseeable future. Well, that's a whole set of serious answers. I'd better come to Adam next, really. What do you think? Is the real world going to replace online gaming? Um, I, I think it will because ultimately wargaming is a social hobby. So the face-to-face thing is sort of that which is kind of weird when you think about it because when you look at look at the average social skills of your average wargamer it's really weird that they're doing something that's a so- social Fundament- hobby but social hobby yeah indeed there you go yeah. that's what it is well on the subject of no um peter uh, coming to you for no particular reason um ah. what, what do you think of online gaming <laughs> versus um um i really enjoy online gaming i, I really like it it's really great it's got its place especially if you can't get to certain places, but you can't beat playing face-to-face against someone and sharing the sh- seeing the sheer look of terror in their eyes when you put down that wall of knights that's about to charge the hell out of them. And they go, oh, shit, I chose the wrong list. And you just sat there, Captain. <laughs> so is that why you like you playing your kids? You your children something awfully. Is that what you yeah. do to your kids? <laughs> well, uh, no. that's why... What's... I, uh, that's why my uh, child, as uh, Simon knows, turns up with elephants and knights now. Right. And he wins. Yeah. Tamsin, what and about you? And he has great fun doing it. But oh. no, oh. You, you, it's, oh. it's having He's that still social... going. I'm sorry. He's still going. <laughs> <We're> just, <laughs> yeah. five minutes. Mention the word knights. Well, He's still going. Well, Off we go. Peter, I'm just going to get a drink. Yeah. 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 Yeah
um, where someone sat behind or Simon rocks up finally late and everyone just groans. And um, then you're having a game and, uh, you know, then Dave leans over and says, you don't want to be doing it like that. You want to be doing it like this. You, you miss that sort of social element. <laughs> okay. We interrupt um, this round to bring you a podcast. Yes, indeed. <laughs> uh, so Tamsin, to wrap us up, do you, do you think meeting people face-to-face might be a future, the new development? Well, compared to current, yes. Uh, I think it could be the new people way will want, still want, still want to meet face-to-face for gaming. Okay, excellent. Um, what about um, the crossover between gardening and wargaming? You know, is this is this big, small, non-existent? Um, Peter, you've you might you might have a garden. There's certainly something wild and expansive I, growing from the top of your head. Um, how close are gardening and wargaming in your world? Absolutely, we've even got a table set up there. We've got a overhead cover, special lighting. We've even got mood music to uh, play the wargaming. Perfect. Yeah, I don't want to know. I'm not sure I would want to know about the mood music at the bottom of your. Um, well, 1812 your for Napoleonic. Oh, sorry. Yeah. You you said mood music. I thought you said nude music which was even no, more no. disturbing don't hit me with your projections okay i know you've got these good visualizations but please simon you know yeah a, a, a nude badger running around in the backyard is just living the dream yeah living the dream <laughs> uh, yes yeah we're, we're badger here no um right andy finkel what about you gardening wargaming um, is it is the crossover i've never been a fan of gardening so uh definitely wargaming for me definitely wargaming simon you're a man you're a garden free man um yeah so i have no garden so bring bring back my pub i want to play back in the, the, pl- in the, in the pub. pub saunders what about you do you, know, do you do you think you know getting the old Alan titchmarsh vibe when you're doing some gaming uh no garden i've got a sort of communal garden which has been used a little bit recently but that's another story um, i'm just more disturbed by the idea of mr webb having a full orchestra playing the 1812 overture in these gardens well, you know, you have the artillery firing the guns in the uh, relevant parts as well. I mean, yeah. Well, oh, absolutely. You've got to get the. Uh, you can do it with small mortars, actually, and uh, it still represent the sounds. Uh, it's the neighbours a little bit, but they'll be. And fine. I imagine, I imagine after last like week, that bloke now, now in now Mary Poppins with his cannons. <laughs> I, I imagine after last week, now you you play your children down the bottom of the garden and then make them trudge back in the snow <laughs> from the end of the garden <laughs> if you, if they lose. And, uh, and you started <laughs> off with eight children, and now you only have two. Um, and it makes them eat dead horses. <laughs> yes, no, the forfeit, the forfeit is that you have to go get me some more wine. Oh, right, okay. And um, <laughs> Tamsin, is there any kind of gardening stories? Have you painted? Have you painted up any gardening implements for your Judge Dreads? You know, internal garden or anything? No, no. Uh, last year, I did paint up a few bits, of sort of garden terrain accessories for World War II, World War Two games, but. Garden terrain accessories. Yeah, greenhouses, sheds, things like that. We all need a good shed in our wargaming. Yeah. <laughs> um, Adam, I, I believe you do have a garden. Is, is there a big crossover or is it just like, no, I'd rather be wargaming? Well, the crossover, it's weird because I do have a very nice garden actually and gardening's my wife's hobby and wargaming's my hobby. But the weird thing is, my wife keeps complaining I don't help her doing the gardening. She wants me out there as well, which would like well, me be saying, but you've never be- painted any Spanish feudal knights for me. So well, there's no crossover because I refuse. I think it should be some quid pro quo. I think she should actually paint up some elephants for you. 
Possibly. Well, you know, I think that was the um, the final question, but I think Andy, Andy actually answered it last time. What size brush do you paint an elephant with? And the answer is all together now, a big brush. A big brush. Big, big brush. brush. Yeah. Echo, echo, echo. Humongous. Thank you. That's all right. good. Right. Fun, look. Fun, fun. A big brush. <laughs> a big brush. Yes, indeed. That's um, a bristle brush. Massive brush. A badger bristle brush. Badger bristles. No, that's for knights. Badger Patriot's airbrush. Yes, a badger patriot. So, look, I think we've done those <laughs> questions to death, really, haven't we? Um, this means war. This means war. And, um, so that really brings us on to the question of, of what are we painting at the moment? I think, um, Andy, you're sat there with your headphones on, you're in the kitchen, you're painting away. Um, remind us, what, what are you painting as we speak? Thracian Peltas with Ron Poyas. Very nice they are. Okay, very jolly. And mm. um, did you, and you, these are the ones you found down the back of the um, sofa or No, these are the ones it? I ordered having over, overlooked the ones I, I found down the back of the sofa. So is this going to become a full Thracian army now then? Do you enjoy probably them not, that much? but um, I'm, going to have, I'm going to end up with four units of Thracian Peltas, which is probably too many, so I suppose I might end up with a Thracian allied contingent somewhere along the line, but not immediately. Okay. All right. Solid. And, and any kind of takeaways from your um, Thracian paintings? Uh, yes. In hindsight, I would have painted the, the shield bosses before the full amount of the shields, because then I wouldn't have had to go over them again. Right. Okay. That's the learning. Um, Adam, what about you? And um, I do have a bone to pick with you on the old painting front as well at some point. So um, I'll, I'll raise that when it's my turn. Okay, we'll do bone picking later. Um, I'm still getting on with my um, Romans, um, mm -hmm. and I've put the shield transfers onto the auxiliary and finished them off, and very pretty they look too, so I'm quite pleased. But um, I'm also off after some painting advice or some buying advice, because the next army I'm going to do, I've decided to always brush. Do, to try to do paired army, so I'm going to do an enemy of the mm -hmm. early Imperial Romans, and I've decided to do Dacians. Um, Yay! Mainly on the basis of Victrix have just released their new Dashian figures and they're very nice and quite cheap and I can definitely, do a whole army definitely. in 28 mil for not too much. But the question is this, because I'm, I'm going to do a uh, summation ally, um, firstly because it adds a bit of oomph and secondly because they look good. Now first question good is, place. I'm going to get um, the summations with a horse armour because that just looks cooler. Um, and I've been told, um, or in my massive research of 10 minutes reading um i know that the horse armor can either be bronze or iron or horn now first question is how do you paint horn horn armor what's it's the to be horn green. armor was often painted painted or lacquered yeah okay what color anything you want i guess you want, really. i'd avoid purples Okay. Oh, so any colour that would have been common, I mean, commonly, we've had had com pigments commonly available. So reds, blues, greens, yellows. Okay, so quite dull, a range of quite dullish colours then. I I seem to remember I'd years say, ago that it, that Sarmatian horse armour was a greenish colour. Okay. Okay. Next question is this: When it's sort of like either horn or bronze or iron, does that mean they're not sure and? everyone had the same in a sort of like a tribe or whatever or in a tribe yeah, might he have yeah. iron might he have bronze 
so it would be all mixed it up. Been, it would have been mixed. Okay, so I can do it quite so, like to some extent. I, it would have been what was available. Also, Posh bloke gets bronze. Also, how I, how wealthy the individual was. Okay, so that that's good because it makes it sort of like different, um, different colours, so it makes it more interesting. My final question is this: um, What's your attitude to uh, morphing cataphracts? Because um, they, although in the game they count as heavy cavalry, they're basically sort of like fully armoured on fully armoured horses. So, because um, I was thinking that could be maybe the start of Parthians as well, if I get some actual Parthian figures. So, um, when does away. when does a cataphract yeah. stop? Like a late Roman cataphract, is that too different to a early Sassanid or early early Parthian? Or what do you reckon? I think it's the headgear mainly. Mm. Yeah. I think you'd have to be a bit. Of, sorry, Tim. No, no, go on. Go on sorry, yeah. I was just thinking. Your opponent would have to be a bit of a grognard to really complain that your Parthian cataphract had the wrong head to be used as a Roman cataphract or a Greek cataphract or whoever it was. And this thing, though, it's not so much I'm worried about what my opponent would say. Doing 28 mil, my painting isn't going to be good, but on even taking that into account, I want what I'm doing to look roughly yeah. like it should look if you see what I mean. So I'm not too worried about that, but it's more... Um, I, I, I think... Um, cause I've, I've, I've just had an idea. I've got some... Well, okay, fire away, Andy. Yeah. Which is, why don't you do some alternative heads from different eras, don't glue them on, and use blue tack and just keep changing the heads depending on what army it's in? Yeah, I think... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even as war gamers, we're looking around going... Oh, I'm not sure. That's like an over-engineered solution. But even a, I don't, like, look, no, I, at I, the end of the day, they're all just going to get squashed by elephants anyway. So that <laughs> could be it. No, I think there's actually a, there's a slightly different solution. Actually, I think. Oh, heavy nice. The um, if you assassinate artifacts of bubble heads, they won't fit. They won't be right. Come on, true. Tim. I'm in. I'm in. No, I think if you're doing summations, you buy the Gothic heavy cavalry um, pack from Gripping Beast which yeah. have got cataphract horses, um, uh -huh. like that one, and have gothic um, cavalry riders who are animated with spears and all the rest of it, who are like charging and, and attacking, and that's much better for the Sarmatian cavalry. Because then, the then later buy... type that... Oh, Sarmatian cavalry, it was two-handed lan two lance lances. I mean, this would make sense, because the later Dashians do actually get Ostrogothic allies. Yeah. But I want the Sarmatians with a two-handed... Do the, um, do the cataphracts from um, the, the Gripping Beast cataphracts have a two-handed um, pose? Or are they just sort of holding it, I think? Because Gripping think Beast riders tend to be a bit similar. Does, somebody does 28mm plastic. Uh, uh, the Roman ones, they? Roman cataphract ones, they have the... Um, I'm, sure I've seen, I'm sure I've seen them. Maybe yeah. it is well, then. Plastic 28mm, because I've been looking at... Um, I think it was Warlord, which are like three quid a figure, which... No, no, you, you look, at the, look at the Gripping Beast. They do, Gripping Beast do a plastic cataphract and a plastic um, Gothic Heavy Cavalry. Mm -hmm. And um, the Gothic Heavy Cavalry, they're both on the same half, um, fully barded horse. And then I believe Fireforge have just brought out some new um, cataphracts or are about to bring out some new ones but but there okay. are definitely two sets of gripping yeah they're, they're the ones i've seen the fireforge ones yeah oh, but, you might, but you might find that the um 
despite the you know they're only one-handed grip um one-handed poses some of those gothic cavalry are much more animated and they might make much better sarmatians um, so, so, look, so looking on the gripping beast site right now you've got the roman cataphract which looks quite quite imposing so it's the cavalry the full um uh, dragon skin armor guy armored with carrying a big stick and all that because i want them to look like wild sarmatians rather than romans so he looks I, like organized yeah i think yeah I think the, you the want goth, to look at their own plastic goth cavalry, the new plastic yeah, the, goth the, cavalry. Yeah, goth uh, elite heavy cavalry. Elite heavy cavalry, that would be the there one. There you go. Yeah, yeah so the, the, um, here's the other one you can get. Uh, they, yeah. That's what you want. Look at that. Can you see that's that? That's summation, isn't they it? They do look yeah. a bit kind of cataphracted, don't they? Yeah, but I think if you if you drop them on the table, they could either be elite oh, yeah. heavy cavalry, cataphracts or whatever, because it's guy on a big a big horse a lot of armor and a big sword mm. that's going to be elite to me it doesn't matter what it is yeah i'll have to good. see whether i can take the not having the um two-handed lance yeah that's have you seen the fireforge you mentioned the fireforge ones as well they're the new ones as well aren't they yeah um, are they actually out yet i'm not entirely sure um i think they're they're also fireforge's horses are broader but i guess you're only fitting three on a base here anyway aren't you really um quite soon um but, but yeah, I, I personally, I've I've got two packs of those Gothic ones, which I'm going to convert to yeah. my elite Arab cavalry, which are and kind they, of they, they are nice at the moment. Well, yeah, because I've got the Arabic stuff. I do like the yeah. uh, uh, they they yeah. go together now. Yeah, they fit together quite well. Okay, all right. So is, is that is yours kind of been a week of planning a painting project then, Adam, rather than actually getting any paint on the figures? Yeah, I've no, I've just finished off um, the Exilia, and <coughs> I've been mulling over the Dashians, and Dashians have got to be because you get the Falksman, you know what I mean? Any sort of like nation. I mean, on the table, they'll probably be rubbish because they're all basically medium infantry. Right. But any nation one of them... can intimidate the Romans by yeah. having huge choppers. It was one of my kind of first <laughs> 15 mil armies back in the day. I think I actually painted it when I first moved down to London. So I think I had a 15 mil Roman and then it was get the generic barbarian army with all sorts of odds and sods and then Dacians as well, Dacians. And I think I must have had some Donington 15 mil infantry that added to a Mike's models 15 mil um, army of the, I, yeah, I think I must have bought a ready-made army from Mike's models and then bought some more phallax men from Donington, mm -hmm. which when they were all based up, it looked like um, a load of bro blokes had brought some of their children with them. The difference in height was just absolutely astonishing. They were barely Probably quite Mike's models did. always looked like dwarven armies, really, didn't they? They really did stood next to these guys from Donington who were like hulking great. <laughs> Groups with um with whatever it was just the oddest oddest kind of look at all but um but it used to amuse me back in the day um, when when that was there so um so Saunders what what have you been painting this week um Frankish Lightfoot and continuing with the war bands to finish all war bands <laughs> so how many bases are you up to now uh, I've done sixteen bases of war band wow. Four Lightfoots javelin, four Lightfoot bow. It's, it's going to be basically going to be two armies by the time it's finished. Yeah. Now, are the warband kind of distinguishable into elites and, and armoureds and all sorts, or are they just a blosh of... No, um, because with a Frankish army, it's either all elites or all ordinary. Oh, super so, simple then. Yeah, that's... I mean, you know, it's, I'm basically the most you can ever need is 16... 12 elites and 16 to 18... Mind you, I've done a list with, I think, with about 32 bases in it. Wow, that's pretty substantial. And did you stick with the um, the Breton rugby jersey look, or did that, do you lose there's, the will to live? 
There's a fair number. They haven't all got Breton jumpers, but there's quite a few Breton jumpers mixed in amongst them. Okay. They, what, what, the the Breton painting is starting to get better, I have to admit. Yeah. If, yeah. You ever want, if you're ever bored thinking, what colour shall I paint things? And I've used this for certain armies, is um, think of football teams and paint their colours. So when I was doing the Condottieri last year for the um, London GTE, and I was doing different units of knights, and they different coloured flags and plumes and stuff. I did each unit in a different colour based on a, an Italian football club's colour. So you could do the same for your Franks. Nah. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, the French... Gone. Yeah. No, I think it's the French um, that... pr Premier League or whatever it is, they've, they've become a bit over-commercialised and their um, shirts are a bit more... You'd have to have to have, yeah, you'd have to start having sponsors on their stripy jumpers. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah, PSG. You have to have like a Neymar yeah. figure rolling around on the ground on every base that, yeah. or something for, for that one. Um, all right. Peter, what, what about you? What, what, what epic purchase have you been ploughing through this week? Um, I'm, I got a bit uh, delayed due to work and things, so I'm still stuck on my Spanish nights and uh, I'm trying the thing of undercoating black with one set and white with another, just okay. to see the colour contrast, just see how they stand out. But I did actually go and buy a load of stuff from Warbases, um, mm -hmm. you know, some actual uh, 15 mil buildings and such like, Roman temples and such like. Oh right, so, is that a new range? Because I, I don't remember seeing those before yeah, they're empty, yeah. it's yeah. Been, had it for about a year or so okay yeah so they've got loads of stuff so i've got a couple of sort of more generic ones which could go for any period but i like the roman temple one but they've got a couple that's sort of like mediterranean type ones so i can deploy them anywhere because i've got a couple of 15 mil desert type stuff um which does for the ancient stuff now I've got some stuff that could probably do most of Europe, maybe not the Roman temple, but some of the more generic sort of Mediterranean type look stuff you could still have now, certainly for Napoleonics and everything else. Do, do they do a fire temple then? Because that's the, the go-to baggage uh, piece, a Sasanian fire temple. Um, I thought uh, Damien did. He, yeah, they do in kind of resin 20. or something, or is that, or is that MDF? Yeah. Um, um, I don't know. I know they've got the pieces and that for it. Um, right. But war, war bases... Um, yeah, I just was ordering some stuff because um, my wife likes putting together the 28 mil stuff. So she's, we've got, you know, a whole street of stuff now. Um, so I thought I'd get some 15 mil. So there's an accidental click into a different part of the website then? Yes, Possibly. very accidental. Very accidental. So Peter, yeah, when you were on the Warbases site, did you not buy a badger? Uh, you showed me that afterwards. I, I was denied. I didn't know they did miniatures. I just know they do MDF stuff. So, you know, I saw the badger and I was like, Man, got to have something for next time. Yeah, only one pound fifty. That definitely it's should have been a bad. Putting their order in. <laughs> okay, um, Tamsin, what, what about well, you? Oh, oh, there's more. No, he's off again. Um, this is going to be a long more. podcast, folks, isn't it? Off you go, Peter. <laughs> Keep going. I've seen um, Steve's painting online. Um, what was his name? Steve. Steve Dean. Steve Dean. After seeing his orcs, I, I quite fancied the idea of having an orc ADLG army. So does that so mean you I, bought I, that already? Or? Not quite. I'm but. sorting out the list and which list I'd do it for. I've, right. been, I've been working on playing um, ADLG with fantasy using Warmaster 10 mil armies. Hmm. And I've made a bit of progress in how it ought to work. Okay. Wasn't, um, did um, one of the guys at the club have a go at adapting Richard. that as well? Was that Richard? He's been working on it, yeah. 
So well, I don't, par- Richard's been working on fantasy yeah, rules. I, I don't know which. Like Rook, Rook, someone I know in Australia did up an orc army as sort of Roman legionaries. Of course, it would have been Australian. Mm. Got a quiss question it. for you. He's a naval officer. Rem- <coughs> Who can remember in WRG sixth how they defined a dragon for their fantasy sort of like crossover? Oh, was it was it a, a flying elephant with a fire siphon or something? Was it? Was that yeah, that was it. And a, that was a, it. A, a superior <laughs> elephant with a yeah. fire siphon that could fly. Brilliant. I like that. Of that. that well, sounds pretty accurate to me. The only other thing you think I've got in my. Uh, Empire and uh, elf armies is a steam tank, which I reckon is an elephant with artillery, but protection rating of two. Yep, I, I could buy one of those. That would be um, Peter would definitely buy a whole fleet of them, I imagine, if he yep, was allowed line to. Line it up, carry on. That would be it. <laughs> right. So, um, Peter, are you finished now, or can I can I ask someone else, or have you got anything else to chip in? Go on. I'm sure I'll think of something. All right. Okay. I'll just put you on mute then, whilst we ask Tamsin what you've been painting this week. <laughs> Don't mention knights or badgers. No. I won't. Uh, I, so last week, I, when we were recording last week, I was just painting up some MDF tokens for Chain of Command. I jump off points and patrol markers, finish those, and then took a look at, up at my to-be-read shelf on the bookcase and realised that I had quite a backlog. So I spent a few days reading, and then on Saturday, realised, mm, yeah... I'd better paint something up for this week. <laughs> well, yes, that's the problem, isn't it? You just get under pressure to do something. Uh, so, the figures I was talking about last week, painted them up. Hopefully you can see them. Oh, very neat. He's a, oh, wow. You know, criminals <laughs> on very, bikes. Very, very nice. Teddy bears. I like the teddy bears. Biker and craft surfers. Wow. Look at oh. them. Oh, one works of art. Oh, that's fantastic. A drunk man lying on the ground. Yeah, so I, these were mixed like bears, teddy bears and the, ho- and the drunk were from TT Combat. They were, mm-hmm. sort of, I think it was their back, back street accessories range. Uh, I like how your um, your motorcycle um, has big. a... Uh, is it a monkey with a gun? It's a chimp with a gun, yeah. <laughs> Just checking. Yeah, chimp with a gun, uh, that's got so to be a win. I had fun painting these up. I, the, the, bi- the biker and chimp and the grav surfers which are come which are coming up in a second were from com- a small company called war games terrain workshop okay you can just imagine you know in the movie the policeman calling it in so sergeant you're not going to believe this yeah <laughs> yeah I, this is the 2018 so I yeah, they've, they've probably got a category for it, isn't it? oh yeah it's a 602 chimp on bike yeah <laughs> now in fairness <laughs> quite a few of us not unknown i I think it was a very, very early episode. You actually had a had a had an uplifted ape ape uh, sort of mafioso boss. Oh yeah, I remember him. Uh, Don Uglio. Don Uglio. Like yeah, okay. Really I was just thinking, quite a few of us either um, we either work or live in central London or nearby. So seeing a chimp on a motorbike wouldn't be the weirdest thing that we've seen at two in the morning yeah. leaving a pub in Soho. <laughs> I think that might have been me and you, Adam, mightn't it? Um, <laughs> that might be the weirdest thing people have seen, but leaving um, pubs. Although, no, then again, we did stop that after we um, we didn't get allowed into, um, what was that nightclub in Camden? That was me, you and Steve, wasn't it? When um, 
one Coca. time. One that time, was... we, yeah, Coco. We we were kind of queuing up to go in. On, I think it was like indie night on a Saturday night, and they just wouldn't let us in. And, well, it's um, too old, mate. Exactly, that was it. We were, we couldn't work it out. So we weren't drunk, and we were dressed the same as everybody else. They just weren't letting us in, and then we came to the conclusion we were just we were too, too old. old. They didn't. Want I still, us in. I still don't think that's as good as when we refused exit from a nightclub in Italy. Yeah, true. When they wouldn't let us out, that was a problem. Yeah. That was a real big problem. <laughs> and we had no idea why. It was like an underground toilet as well, wasn't it? There's was a lot of um, very, very delicate... With breakdancing. Lots of breakdancing going on. Breakdancing as well. And it wasn't, it wasn't the time when breakdancing was popular in the rest of the world. Um, maybe that's a whole new podcast series. Um, yeah. Weird overseas wargaming trips that we can do. Maybe that comes up next after this. Reminiscing. But, um, it's okay. So, uh, Simon, uh, Simon uh, what... I've also had a load oh. of... A lot of best... A lot of lead arrived this week. Ah, so, so my infamy, infamy project. So lots. Something for so next week then. Right, I so early Imperial Roman and early German forces for that. So. All right. I think war bases do some markers of for infamy, infamy. I saw on their website. I don't know what yeah, markers you do, need. But... They're doing various either movement trays and so on. Yeah, I don't know what you need for it, or whether it's just. Because uh, I'm, I'm doing it in 15mm, I'm probably going to multi-base and still trying to decide, at this point, haven't decided whether to do it on 40mm bases, frontage bases, so I can use them for yeah. ADLG. Although I've tried, done a quick trial and they, they look a bit cramped, so I might go with 50mm frontage. Okay, alright. Well, Simon, what, what about you? What's been um, hitting you? You were doing tanks last time, I think I heard. Yeah, so I've now finished up the modern British, so all the um, APCs and other random uh, vehicles have not, now all been painted up, so they're mostly uh, based. Actually ran out of MDF, which is quite scary as a wargamer, um, so it's been quite good. I've also finished off uh, basing up the salvo units for ADLGR. Oh, nice, with the little tiny guns on as well, integral, on, a, yeah. on an 80 mil wide base, that's nice. Yeah. That really so, rocks. Um, Try to cram in as many trips as possible, so uh, they've come out quite effectively. I've got uh, finished uh, basing up Prince Rupert and the dog. And his dog, boy, I think yes. Was it called Boy, his poodle? Yep. Yes. Woof, woof. And then for something completely serious, because, you know, you, as, a, as a historical wargamer, you've got to really look at uh, what things would be a, as a serious player. So um, Bad Squid Eye Games, who I'm a big fan of, um, she makes these great ra ranges of random miniatures. And at a, one of the store shows, she had her stock, some of her stuff. So I've got 25 mil bunny rabbits. <laughs> oh, urban bunny rabbits, yes. Liking it, yeah. definitely. And, definitely, and, definitely. One of the, and as many, many wargamers have seen me walk around at competitions, I often carry a bag of carrots as a random mm. chew toy. So one of them is carrying a carrot. That's good. Are you going to sneak them onto some of the 25mm bases or are they just a thing? Uh, I am thinking of putting them onto some of the general bases. Mm. I was also thinking of making them into a um, Zoc marker or a um, casualty marker. markers or something. Casualty yeah. markers or something like that. Ambush. Or ambush markers as well. Yes. And I've also got good. the um, Bad Squitter also does 25 mil cats. So I've got a bunch of their models as well. So um, the game is completely serious. So uh, you're, going, you're going full menagerie then? Um, Absolutely, yeah. I'm not. I'm not going for the. Um, go for the gun bunnies, then. No, but I, I, I might be tempted later on to um, buy gun bunnies because they just sound really cool. 
So, so Saunders, you're waving. Well, Saunders, you're waving something very weird at the camera. There, it looks like weird a... people. Uh, Simon took me past their stall somewhere. I remember. <laughs> And they're actually sort of like on 40 by 40s, ambush <laughs> markers or something. What? Your scarecrow yeah. army. Yeah, that's weird. Ian Marsh used to do, I'm not sure if he still does, this is Fighting 15s, a range of fighting teddy bears. Some of them, cavalry ones are on rocky horses. Yes. Yeah, I don't know got sold off to somebody. So, he might have sold it off to Mike. Um, somebody and for his own benefit, not for, and he's not selling them. Oh, right. So somebody bought the you range to take money. it out of circulation. That's fantastic. Yes, wow. there's ranges that maybe that should be done till. But um, I'm yeah. not set. Right. I, was, I, I did want to buy the model. Uh, you know, Tim, when you and Adam were playing um, Malafoe, hmm. and there's that model of the young girl, um, Walking around with a teddy bear and the large carving knife. So I thought yeah. that would be quite appropriate as well. Dreamer, just, I think. Dreamer. It just says yeah. everything, doesn't it? Just cute little well, girl going, la la la, carving yeah. knife in the bunny. Yeah, carving knife behind the back. That's a fake model. It's hassle free. Got figures like that? Probably. Um, hassle free, I think it is. Hassle free, yes. They'll have things like that as well. Yeah. And you use the formations. Yeah, possibly. Well, this week I've actually started um, myself. I've. I painted a garden gate, um, again, another kind of Andy's question, a large brush with that one um, that took quite a few coats. It was with them. I don't use much Cuprinol um, for the rest of my wall gaming, but there was a Cuprinol white paint that took me about four coats to realise it's it's kind of sort of a white wood stain. It's not a cut paint that covers properly, but um, so it, you can still see the grain of the wood and that's what it's supposed to be, but, but it won't be the first time I've opened the tin and just started going without reading the instructions but that's worked out quite well quite pleased with how that's finished and then i've been finishing up making and, and doing the like 60 odd bases of 28 mil plastic well 60 odd figures of 28 mil plastic um cavalry which is a mix of the gripping beast some of those sarmatian well i think they're sarmatian cataphracts and they're arabs but adam i, I also had a packet of the fireforge um mongol cavalry which you'd I think over the last few weeks, you've said you painted up almost two boxes of it. Now, my question for you is, how did you manage to paint those up, come on this podcast, describe them, without fixating on kind of the sort of the butt plug component of the horse's tails, <laughs> which when you're trying to put them together was just like deeply weird because the, the gripping beast ones, they're in two halves and you glue them. But oh, the tail yeah, right. Is now on, yeah. But the tail is part of one of the halves of the horses, and that's fine. But the Fireforge ones have just got like massive butt cheeks with a hole in them, and then like you plug the um, the, the tail <laughs> into them, and then it's got kind of a sort of a ball socket arrangement on the end, and it's just like there's something deeply disturbing about this, about even well, what the design choice was or something. I'll answer your question on that one, Tim, because um, <laughs> it did strike me as a bit odd. Yeah. Okay. But I think where you, where you fixated on it and you found it deeply disturbing yeah. says more about you than it does about the design choice right. of the figure. I think you're absolutely probably right. I think you did very well to keep that as something of a secret in your own home and, um, and, and just think about it in private. But I've just aired that 
now in in public and but it was it was just a very very strange um strange strange thing but you know at least it does give us one of the obvious questions for for next week that we can um we can possibly not answer um, in, in a different, maybe that's the question we pose and none of us are prepared to answer. Let's um, not do a question about butt plugs, that it, wouldn't let's be good. Let's do a question about butt plugs. It's, like, it's a bit like painting Gallic guy Sarte, that can be a bit um, disturbing. Yes, that can be a bit, yeah, whether they dress okay. to the left moving or the right. Okay, moving along. Moving along. Using the Mongols for? Um, I'm mixing them in with the Arabs because the bodies are all a section, you know, the same, so okay. to all intents and purposes. I'm just, and the gripping beast Arabs have, lots of different heads so i wanted to get just more variety than just the gripping beast because they can be sometimes a little bit samey and then um then i did also crack and buy some um some peri figures i know we talked about it the cost of all the different figures last week and i ended up buying a load of the peri metals which are, are, are out for delivery now i think we got the email through from them um either this morning or yesterday saying bang they're in the post now um to to really mean, make sure that I've got just far too many Arabs, which rather than just having maybe just about enough um, was was the answer. But, you know, a load more Perry figures, which are grand. They do some Arab infantry with um, without hats or turbans that have kind of got long hairish stuff. So I think they look quite good as Delamite. For some reason in my my mind, they just look like Delamite guys. Um, but so so they're on their way. And they're, but I, I wanted to kind of do... After doing those Hungarians in 15 mil, I've realized doing all the horses first is actually a good thing because I don't like painting horses. And by just limiting myself to painting horses, it makes it a project and I can try and make it better. Whereas if, I, if I've got them and the riders, I just gravitate to riders and the horses in irritation. So having the discipline to not start doing the riders, not even assemble them until the horses are done, just puts 100% focus on the horses, really. So that's um, <laughs> something surprising and learning. And, um, and, that, and I think, you know, that's the other surprising thing is I've, we've managed to get through at least two people talking without Peter interrupting and talking about badges. So, so something, something's really going amiss. But on that note, it's probably time to move on to the next section. Before we do, can I ask one question? I'm doing, um, I'm going to be paint, uh, assembling a load of uh, 25 mil plastic uh, stuff for my uh, medieval army. Um, what colour would you recommend it being underpainted if it's a medieval army? Black, black, black. Yeah. Okay. Silver. Brush with um, gun metal and then highlight a little bit of silver. Okay, thank you. That's done most of it for sure. Okay, then we will attempt to finish this section yet again uh, and on to the next one. This means war. Having talked about what we painted, let's talk about um, what we played. And I think a few of us have had some quite intense games and, and a mix of games. So, Andy, you've you've done another couple of online games, I understand. Yeah, that's right. Um, I played uh, Giorgio as a new member of the club last Tuesday, and he wanted to. I told him I'm using Ordnance French, and he said, "Well, I'll try um, Albanian." And I wasn't quite sure why, and uh, I mullered them basically. Right. <laughs> okay. Did you find out why he wanted to use Albanian? Well, he's used them in other rule sets and he quite likes the army. But, uh, okay. you know, it was basically bringing a, it was bringing a penknife to, to a gunfight, essentially. And, and what did you use, Andy? 
Oh, I used I, I used Ordnance French Knights, heavy knife when flattening hey. them. Full set, full set. Then was this on tabletop simulator or in, yes. in the real world? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Then that so that was on Tuesday night. Then on Wednesday I played my regular opponent, Dave Ray, and we did a refight of the uh Nicophorians against the uh, Normans with Arab allies. And uh had a waterway on one side. He lined up his uh Varengians against the waterway. I lined up my knights opposite them, released a handbrake, and the knights went straight through them. Full budget. <laughs> okay, full badger. Did the whole set. It was beautiful. It was a beautiful sight. Ran them all I over. Think it feels good. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I'm, and then Mr. Saunders, I think you're the other one who's been doing extensive gaming this week, but you've just literally, you've come hot footing it. I, um, I think it's been a bit sweaty today, so probably literally hot footing it. Back from the club where, did you play two games today? I played uh, Sean at one o'clock and then I played Gordon at four o'clock. Mm -hmm. So ADLG, um, where we'd normally have nine tables in the back room of the pub, we had three this time, but I think we can get away with five. Um, we're just going in, we've got our own entrance to mm -hmm. the garden. Um, Rappi's done a damn good job of perspexing up the main part of the pub. I think he's grateful that we're back. Yeah, um, good. It's, it's pretty secure. Um, we weren't all wearing masks sat at the table, which is a bit naughty, but I think, mm. you know, we know who we are. And, um, it, it's, it's looking good, and I think we're going to be fine. And yep. it was a pleasure to have toys on table, actually. Mm. Although I got stuffed in both games. Oh, right. Okay. Which army did you use? The Turks with the artillery and the things like that. And they didn't work. Right, that, that, that army didn't work. Okay. Well, so, I think I'll persist with it because that's good. And I, and I played Dave Ray in Wisconsin as well. Um, he's a thoroughly nice guy. He doesn't get much time to travel or anything like that. So, and I'm, I think I'm playing him again this week. He'd like a rematch. So I completely destroyed him. I used a medieval Spanish army and I went through centre, left and right. Oh, okay. So, so what, you overran his Varangians again? Or? No, no, he was using, um, he was using Ordnance French and he had a, no, no, he used medieval. We both had medieval. He was using the Portuguese or something, wasn't he? You yeah, he used the Portuguese with, a, with an English ally, so he had longbowmen. But I hit right. the longbow with javelin and Almugavars. I hit his his centre knights were four to my six, seven knights, mm -hmm. and uh, it was a similar sort of thing. It, it was composition. It was composition. Yeah. So, so with the does that mean your Ottomans, you guys, are going to do the uh, ally then? Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, I was t thinking of taking the Serbians in this afternoon. No, they worked all right. <laughs> I was within three points of breaking Gordon's uh, Valachian Vlad the Impaler army. Could have easily gone my way. And um, but he ignored the artillery. But that was all right. That was the purpose of it. And mm -hmm. uh, Sean was really close. Sean, but Sean was using Ordnance French with lots of knights. But I, I was close to breaking him. It's all right. I like it. It's good. Yeah, I think with those new armies, when you start putting them on table and they don't quite work, but you can see, you can sort of feel that there's something there that you just need to kind of tweak it a bit. Um, how many, how many um, genissaries did you use? Did you use three. the full four? Three. No, three. Yeah, three is the magic number. Yeah, I think um, the second game, I should, I should have put more terrain down. Uh, I mean, three is the magic number because they disappear. Yeah. The thing with the Ottomans is just a very expensive army. There's not much filler there, really. Hmm. Okay. All right. And, and you got more games planned down the club 
um, over the next couple of weeks then? Uh, two more on Monday next week. Two more on Monday. Get down there, do it intense, do the full set. I'm going to have some time on my hands for the next few months, so I'm oh. going to be filling it with the club. I'll probably carry on doing TTS. I mean, you know, we've got to see which way the uh, virus goes. But, I mean, it's, you know, I mean, at the moment, I'm going to be managing four, five, six, maybe six hours of gaming a week. That's pretty and solid, isn't it? Are you, so are you and I playing tomorrow night, Dave? I can't remember. What did we say? I can give you a game tomorrow night. That sounds good. Okay, we'll sort it out later. That sounds like a plan. Now you're TTS. playing back down at the club. It reminds me of um, telling you what Central London on tour when you go to competition should be called and what you should have on the uh, t-shirts. And, and your team name and what you should have on your t-shirts is the wankers out back. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is because years ago when, when I was in the club, I went out to the bar to get a drink. And do you remember the old landlord? The one that yeah. was a bit of a geezer. Hmm. Um, he had a phone call and it was for someone called Dave and he was shouting in a bar it's Dave, phone call for Dave, and no one answered. And do you know the regulars used to sit on the corner at the bar? Yeah. One of them just went, ah, oh, Dave, he must be one of the wankers out back. <laughs> Meaning the wargamers, which yeah. is like sort of summed up really. And it's, it's odd because in a way, it's like all the regulars there at that time were basically minor characters in the Guy Ritchie movie. So <laughs> yeah. it's... A geriatric Guy Ritchie movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just how they spoke and I'm not even sure he was being sort of like insulting I think that no. was like a term of endearment no. you know what I mean yeah. you're one of the wankers out back you are love you yeah. come here I'll where, give you a cuddle the wankers I did, I yeah, so I, so, those guys are all postmen all Sorry? those guys who sit at the bar are postmen and they've all disappeared maybe they're all dead it does happen to all of us but Simon I guess you could have your own t-shirt and just do the letter spacing slightly differently you know, the wanker <laughs> outback or something that could be you uh, with a couple of um, uh, corks on it yeah. or, ups or upside down yeah the wanker outback because that would really throw people hey look I yeah. can read it properly oh yeah, that's from other maybe, maybe, that's, maybe we could launch a whole competition series in Australia and call it the wanker outback or something like that as well <laughs> that would be another good one but I think on that note uh, it's definitely time to move on this means war So, um, I'm squashed today, if that counts. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm going to get, get grab another beer, just a sec. We didn't discuss my beer. Hey. Who is it? Different. I've got Arbor Massive Azak. It's a New Zealand <laughs> ale ale brewed with Azaka, Citra and Eldorado hops. Ooh. That's tough. Well, that really Fucking expensive. Nice though. It's a full pint. 5.4%. That sounds quite substantial. No, I'm just on um, brewed on pale, actually. I've, um, I've moved from away from online ordering now that Majestic is open, and I'm just supporting, a, I would say, a local business, but I guess it's the local branch of a national business. But, but this idea of going into shops and just pointing at things and buying them, a bit like wargaming face-to-face, -face, it could well take on, couldn't it? It could be quite something. Novel, isn't it? <laughs> It's or normal. going into shop, going into shops, picking things up, or taking them uh, to. I'm I'm quite happy to avoid shopping. Cashiers and paying for. 
So where should I order some more paints from? Because I'm almost running out. Um, I've got which paint? Local friendly gaming store. Um, what brand do you use? Uh, Vallejo. Vallejo. Them. Um, either Pendraken Mini Bits or there's a company called SNM Stuff. Tamsin, we need you to talk about your website. <laughs> you Sorry, can, uh, can I pause and you say that again? Element Games. Element Tamsin, Games in Manchester, they're quite good. Tamsin, what was the name of that paint company? S-N-M stuff. Yeah. S-N-M. Oh, S-N-M. Yeah, you've got to be careful with your um, Googling on that one, haven't you, really? For sure. <laughs> that could go horribly wrong. You might get something you didn't order through the post. You might um, find a flog in them. <laughs> yeah. Yes, with Andy, those. I've, Andy, I've just got to say, fuck off, mate. Just stop. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't be the first. <laughs> no, that wouldn't be it. Uh, look, with that groan, I think that's time for the um, the dismal French Napoleonic music as we hit into yet another episode of teaching Timmy about Napoleon. Napoleonic Wars, um, a time of pomp, ceremony, and, and a tragic retreat from Moscow. So last week's was kind of a bit miserable, as I said. You know, I, that, that didn't end well for the little bloke. And um, But I think he he got back from from this thing. He's sort of the only person. He was telling everybody, yeah, yeah, the rest of the army's on its way. He's hoping nobody reads Russian newspapers. And then, um, and presumably, then he, I'm trying to remember, was he starting to just conjure up a new army and go and invade Austria? Or, or what happened after he gets back from, from that and the Austro-Hungarian Empire shuts the door on him or something? Well, no, forget the Austrians for the moment. They they buggered off home and were sort of minding their own business to see how things were going to work out. But Prussia basically pops up and says, right, we're going to go for independence. And the Russians had some troops marching to their support. And so Napoleon had only a small number of troops in Germany and he had to raise whole new armies in French in France. And they were basically conscripts, young guys, you know, cripples, all that kind of stuff, not very well trained, not a lot of stamina, um, and they were critically short of horses to pull artillery <clears throat> and for cavalry units. So his army in 1813, he managed to scrape together about 200,000 troops, but a lot of them were... Scrape together, raw. of course. You know, that's, that's a bit of a scraping, isn't it? If you just reach out, that's all you can reach within... With an easy reach, isn't it? Two hundred thousand, just knock that together. Yeah, I think it was a bunch of orcs. Yeah, lots of them, but they're not very good. Right. Okay. So he's going. So he's already he's retreated from Moscow. He's he's accidentally lost like half a million men or something ludicrous, and then Prussia, which is part of Germany and Estonia, I think, um, wants to declare independence from Russia. No, from France. Oh, from being from France. France. Uh, okay. from, the, from their treaty obligations with France and having to do right. what the French say. Okay, so he's off to suppress a revolution in Prussia with some old people. Yeah, this, a lot of kids. Yeah, th this whole glamour of the Napoleonic Wars um, is not not really resuscitating at this point in time, is it? Are there like figure manufacturers who do really oddly scaled and sized figures that are just shambolically dressed? You just or... buy from a mix of manufacturers. Yeah, 
<laughs> they're all wearing they're all wearing great coats and they're, they're not very smart uniforms yeah okay that's why you get the old guard right so there's all sorts of mess then going around in um in prussia and let me guess um he does something really really clever involving artillery and surprises everybody and then the russians are not very not dynamic really. to help well, them. He, not really well he does manage to bash that point was suffering and the infantry as well because the quality of their gunpowder oh we had the gunpowder discussion last week didn't we could, he didn't have access to high-grade saltpeter, salt so if they gunpowder became noticeably worse. So he couldn't do the clever thing with the guns, and he's off to Prussia to stop them becoming independent. Um, and, and what is there like about what happens? How does that all work then? Well, there's a couple. There's a couple of big battles, and um, by about June, Napoleon has driven the and driven them back, and he has a chance to really crush them at a battle called Bautzen. But Marshal Ney misses the plot, fails to crush the turn up on the flank of the uh, enemy. And so it's... Uh, it that ends to do with their, in, in no, sorry, Andy, on it. What's that to do with there being no horses, that there was problems for Marshal Ney? Partly, yes. Yay! See, he's, he's back in the room. I refer room. you to the comment I gave Andy a few moments ago. I think you may be right there. Yes, definitely. Yep. <laughs> so um, he's beaten the enemy, but not hard enough to make them really surrender. And both sides agreed to an armistice for six weeks. And then they gathered <laughs> their strength. And during the armistice, the Austrians decided, yeah, we'll have another go. Ah, uh, I knew they'd come back. So, so is Prussia near Austria? I suppose, is it? Probably, yeah, so they're, they're kind of, of neighbours, yeah. They're neighbours, yeah. so the Austrians go, I know oh, they're what. not quite neighbours, they're not neighbours, really, because you've got Saxony and a lot of other states in between. Prussia's North Germany, Austria's South Germany. They're sort Fine. of close without... Yeah, high-speed high speed rail links, things like that, it doesn't take that long, it's all good. Yeah. Federal motor, autobahns as well. So, um, so the Austrians are going, Brilliant. Here's a chance to possibly lose Napoleon in a way in which he cannot immediately then invade Austria through Italy. That's a result. Let's give this yet another go. Are the yep. British paying for this still? Or have they kind actually... of, yes. Yeah. Right. And there's actually a British rocket troop with the German, with the Prussian army. British rocket troops? Yeah, yeah. David Barry was involved. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, that's Elton John, isn't it? Yeah, rocket man. Rocket troops? No. Um, they had this thing called Congreve, Congreve rockets, which when they worked, they were brilliant, but most of the time they were highly un, un, um, unreliable. And sometimes they chased off their own cavalry using this stuff quite by accident. Yeah, I thought I always had like rockets were always mounted on camels and used in the northwest frontier or something, but they were actually used in, in Europe as well. Yeah, just a few of them. I did two <clears throat> rocket troops or something like that. There weren't very many of them. <clears throat> They're in some of the sharp ones. Okay, yeah. of course they are. Bastard rockets. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, the safest, bit... place, to, safest I, place to stand I, was I, right in front of it. Sharp, speaking of Sharp, you should, should, should remember for, for the same time that this is going on, Wellington is also coming in, I come in southern, I fighting Spain and Pyrenees and threatening France. Oh, God, is that still going on? That went on, That's yeah. still going on. Yeah, well, actually, there were loads of series, weren't there, really? So yeah. they had to kind of stretch it out to keep Sean well, By 1813, most of the decent French troops in Spain had been hauled off to the main theatre in Germany because Napoleon was so sure of decent troops. So right. the marshals in, in Spain had to deal with fewer troops and not as many good ones. 
Okay, so there's kind of a bit of a sideshow, which means the Wellington is presumably winning because it's got easier for him. He's thinking yep. about going in southern France to kind of, you know, taking over all the rugby playing regions of the world because um, he's got sort of northern Spain. He wants the Perpignans and other places. And then Napoleon's just having a ceasefire because he's waiting for the Austrians. So the Austrians are about to appear in Prussia and Wellington's about to appear in southern France. And well, so, well, is this where still Napoleon fighting does in, a brilliant... In, in, well, this is... Getting the chronology right, in the summer of 1813... You've got this armistice, and then Austria joins in, and Wellington at the same time is still fighting in Spain, but he gives the French a mighty thrashing in a battle called Vittoria. Okay, have we been there? And after that, yeah, the, yeah we have. Yeah, the monument. Okay, yeah. After that, the um, French managed to keep Marshal Soult manages to keep Wellington out of France, but only just for the rest of the year. Okay. So it's up in the Pyrenees. There's some battles and stuff going on, but. The um, Silk manages to hold off the British in Spain for the rest of the year. So that's Spain dealt with for 1813. <laughs> Meanwhile, in Germany, the uh, Allies come up with this cunning plan called the Trachtenberg Plan. And the idea is mm. all the armies will converge going westwards to cut off the French. But if Napoleon turns up, that army backs off and the other ones keep advancing. So the idea is you fight anybody you meet except Napoleon. And if Napoleon turns up, you shift backwards. Because oh, you can't know, be From, my, from my, um, my limited knowledge of um, pre-late 20th century warfare, combining multiple columns of different armies across vast distances in a synchronized way is definitely one of the easiest things that you'd always go for and think yeah we'll do that and that's bound to work yeah they just zoom you know they zoomed each other yeah, but um, zoom, no, Skype, well you're talking about not moving sort of side by side but just advancing on different axes through germany tim okay. your sarcasm was very well placed but where they were at was the austrians were in austrian south Hmm. And the Prussians and the Russians were to the east and the north. So Sweet. they didn't have a choice. That's, that's oh, wow. where they were. <laughs> okay. So they came up with a plan of everybody advance and get together in the middle. Yeah. If Napoleon comes along and attacks you, run away, and the right. other armies keep advancing. Got you. Okay, so it actually was simple. It, it was simple. It was a plan that, in theory, could have been overcomplicated, but it actually was simple enough to actually execute. That's a miracle. Yeah. God, they, they, they control. So, yeah. so they try, some of them are trying to avoid him. Presumably he's going after the Austrians because, you know, that's a bit of a gimme, isn't it, really? Uh, to begin with, yes. He, he does beat them at a um, battle called Dresden. Yeah. And there's a, a rather amusing incident yeah. after the Battle of Dresden. After Dresden, the Austrians are running away. One French corps, led by a general called Van Damme, goes after them gets into a blocking no, position, but unfortunately the rest of the French army doesn't come with him. And so his corps is ultimately um, surrounded and captured. And he's taken to the Tsar of Russia. And Van Damme had been, he's been thrown out the French army three times for misbehaving and looting and basically being a crook, which says quite a lot for the French army. Yeah. But um, uh, he's taken to the Tsar and the Tsar's, Brother says, right, we'll have your sword. And he says, no, you're not having it. You couldn't take it off the battlefield. You're not having it now. And he and then the, the Grand Duke says, you're such a scoundrel, we've heard of you. Is there, any, is there any crime of which you're not capable? 
And he says, well, nobody can accuse me of trying to kill my father, which is what the Tsar was accused of. And with that, Ooh. he was packed into a carriage and sent off to Siberia. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so, so, so rude and stupid. That's, and completely um, fearless. Uh, and tremendous well. guy. Yeah. Rude I and stupid. That's... He sounds like a good bloke to be out on a night with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet he would have got us into Coco, wouldn't he? That would have been it. He would have talked <laughs> us into it, yeah. Or possibly the barman might have packed him in a trunk and sent him off to Siberia or something like that. So, all right. So, so Napoleon's kind of wandering around Germany and other people are trying to avoid fighting him and the rest of it. So where's this, you know, this something exciting must happen or is it just... Yeah, well, eventually Leipzig happens. Yeah, Leipzig. eventually the French armies are driven back to Leipzig. Right. There's a massive, it's called the Battle of the Nations. And there's about... I think 600,000 allies and about 300,000 French and their allies. Mm. And the, the result is the French lose the battle. Is this they blame it on the Saxons. Is this war gamers must do battles then, Leipzig? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's a real table groaner. It's like whoa, stacks of stuff. And then so. And they're yeah. all, they all get stuck in as well. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And is there any manoeuvring or is it just like war gamers line up and slog? No, it's manoeuvring and people turn up late and. Oh, Bernadotte, he used to be a French marshal. Do you remember him? Bernadette. He turns up as the king of Sweden. He turns up as the king of Sweden. Ah, uh, oh, what is that a fancy the, dress? Or is it, is it what, like, you know, 1930s Italy, everybody gets to go for a while? How, how no, 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 he, he, was appointed, he was appointed the king of Sweden. Different story, quite a long time. He is the ancestor of, do you know the um, photograph you like using of the princess of Sweden? Yes, yes, that great Swedish royal leader. family. Okay. Same dynasty. Yeah. Same dynasty. Um, okay. But he's in command of the Army of the North of the Allies, but he kind of turns up late and drags his feet because he's like, oh, I don't want to get involved. Right. Like <laughs> now, now he's a king. Yeah. Until they threaten to shop him to the British and say, right, we'll stop your subsidy. And then he said, all right, we'll carry on then. Right. Okay. So, so th there's this enormous war gamers table grown a battle of Leipzig in which actually interesting things happen, not just lining up. Does, does Napoleon try to do anything sort of clever in this? Or, well, he actually um, kind of wins the first day. And okay. then things go a bit... Numbers basically begin to tell against him. And the French decide to retreat. And in the middle of the retreat, um, this panicky engineer bloke blows up the bridge at the wrong moment. And lots of French guys are caught on the wrong side and captured. And so what would have been an orderly retreat turns into a bit of a shambles. And... A lot of the French army get captured, the ones that uh, weren't killed. And so it turns into a bit of a disaster for the French. Okay, because when you started that story and you were saying, you know, the first half went well and then the second half, I was going to kind of draw a parallel to the, um, the two-leg championship playoff um, semi-final between Fulham and Cardiff, which is ongoing at the moment. And Fulham were 1-0 up, oh, yeah. 67 minutes gone, and make it about a two-leg game. But then that bit about a, a bridge being blown up and like a mass panic huge amounts of casualties, enormous amounts of human suffering, really kind of stretches the story a bit, hopefully, beyond um, what the second leg is going to be when, um, when we're at home at Craven Cottage in, in a couple of days' time. So, yeah, that's, that's not really a great foretaste, is it? Yeah, if it had VAR, the bridge wouldn't have blown up. He wouldn't have been allowed to blow it. OK, he would have stopped. They would have turned back time. That's good then. Fine. So yeah. we'll pray for VAR. There's no VAR. So the, the Leipzig is a bit of a terrible thing for the old Frenchies. Absolutely. And and then I presume if Napoleon loses a battle, what normally happens, he, he gets a phone call about 20 minutes from the end, rushes off to Paris, tells everybody it went really wonderful, um, and then hopes that nobody reads any Prussian newspapers. Is that what happened this time? Or, or 
or did he just well, go not quite. Austria? He's still marching with the rest of his army back towards. He's trying to get back to France now. Okay. And the Bavarians, who were his allies, turn, uh, change sides and try and stop him. And they get. He managed to stomp them on the way. Okay. And um, at the end of the year, Napoleon's back at the borders of France. Now, mm. what I find interesting is he was then offered a deal by the Allies, who say, who offered him a deal saying. You can still be, you can still, France can keep its borders as long as you make peace and promise to stay out of Europe. He rejected that deal. So the Allies okay. kept going. Oh, right. Okay. So he could have just done a kind of, in my hand, I have a piece of paper, um, Neville Chamberlain thing. And, um, but he was like, no, no, I want to carry on. And, yeah. um, and they're like, all right, we will, we will keep going. Um, yeah, basically. Okay. So, so is this the bit where, because there's got to be a bit, because there is something where he ends up on, on a holiday island in prison, isn't there? So he's still retreating into France. He's rejected the armistice. Everybody gets into France. Everybody piles into France. There's a bit of a tour de France going on with all the Allies. Okay. And Napoleon fights what's considered to be a brilliant campaign, but he's so outnumbered, he kind of loses, and the Allies take Paris, and he's got to abdicate. And wow. he, um, instead of just shooting him, because he's an emperor, and you can't go around shooting emperors, and it sets a bad precedent, um, that's when he's appointed king of... Alba. Oh, what's, what's the island? Alba. Alba, yes, king of Alba. So he's right. allowed to retire to Alba with not very many people. Right, so um, so which army takes Paris then? Um, the, Russians. the Russians. The Russians get to Paris in all their yeah. like, green uniforms and funny hats. Yeah. yeah. That must have been a bit um, bit of a culture class for them. Are they, did they? Yeah, either, they Cossacks, place? either Cossacks were a particular point of interest for the Parisian. Oh, I imagine they were just out drinking and, and you know, was that where they start chopping the heads off um, bottles of champagne with sabres? Is that, that, is that a thing? Does that happen, or is that just round where I live? But that's the thing. No, possibly not. Just full of just, I, don't, I don't know when that started. No, okay. It's, it's the kind of thing. Also, bear in mind. Do. Bear in mind, Russian aristocrats can't speak Russian; they speak French. Oh, so so no one notices. Yeah. So basically, for a while, Paris becomes like London now. It's just got the entire well, Russian aristocracy. Here. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> and they're but all like. Less- yeah, full of dodgy Russians, absolutely. Yeah, full of dodgy Russians. So, don't, do they kind of keep it, or or do they just get rid of Napoleon I, and go off you go? Once Napoleon's sort of been packed off to well, but packed, mm. packed his, his travelling trunks, being taken across to well, but I mean, everybody goes back to their country. They their appoint country. Louis the Eighteenth as King of France. Yeah. Louis the Eighteenth sounds like he might have been King of France already. Or it was, was the that, grandson um, of the previous king, the one who lost okay. his head. Louis the sixteenth. If you're called Louis the Eighteenth, you're you're pretty set up for that job, aren't you? That must be a difficult interview. Well, I think his name was Louis, and when he got appointed king, they went, "Oh, you're." 18th. Oh, I see. So, went, funnily enough, his dad. I don't think Louis the Eighteenth was the name on his birth certificate. Yeah. Yeah. His dad should have been Louis the Seventeenth, but he never got to be king of France because of Napoleon. So Louis the Eighteenth called himself the Eighteenth rather than Seventeenth, because his dad should have bloody well been king, even though he so, wasn't. So he skipped. They skipped a generation. So he basically was called Louis the Eighteenth before he became king. 
so yeah the interview the interview theory works quite well so so and then they go all right you're king presumably that means you're friends with us this bloke we can't really cut his head off because that's awkward we're sending him off to somewhere in sicily or sardinia or something on a little rock and and he stood on a rock um staring out to sea moodily no 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 that was later this is oh. this is a nice mediterranean island near genoa oh, was not Oh, so is this like a proper country at this time, almost? It's a little like island. Really think you'd run a little island. It's probably got a couple of thousand people in it. You know, it's a small island, but it's in the Mediterranean. It's nice. It's where you would go for holiday. To be well, considering it was from Corsica in the first place, it's just like you know going over, staying at the neighbours. All right. Okay. Well, yeah. and then, I mean, it's not like the arse end of it's not the arse end of nowhere. Yeah. Things so like that. A lot of seafood. Cool. You know, it's probably a boat trip to Rome if you want to visit. Okay, so he's yeah. allowed to go out on shopping Rome trips. Rome isn't and... that far away. Shopping trips well, and he stuff. Wasn't allowed, he was allowed to go out and, out and about on the island. Well, he was a ruler of the island. He was in charge. He was given the island to be boss of. Right. But he's not allowed to leave it. But he's not allowed to build like a 200,000 man army with like but loads of he, big... He was no. throwing his energy into the island to do different um, um, projects, different engineering projects and everything else. But then he got bored of that. Right. He efficiently okay. governed the arse off that island. Everybody, <laughs> yeah. he was like, he did really well. Okay, he governed it to death for a while, for about what, uh, 10 years? No, no about, a year. about a year. He got bored in a year. He got bored in a year. Basically, he was, he was in lockdown on socially isolating in a, in a community that um, didn't have the, um, whatever it was, the, the, the Republic. They didn't even have electricity. Didn't even have any electricity. Okay. So I'm guessing there's a point at which he gives up on that and then that's probably a good point to, to stop and look forward to next week. Yeah. yeah. But the reasons, why, the reasons why it all kicked off in 1815, let's do next week because it's, it's an interesting story. Fine. Until next week then. It's, it's all picking up now, isn't it? That, that wasn't quite such a melancholy end because there's like a, a bright, um, bright future for the boy when he gets off this island that we all know about for, a, for possibly a short period of time. But, you know, that's, that's the Napoleonic Wars, I think. But from, from the Napoleonic Wars, the, it's probably time to go back in time to look at our army list um, selection going into the deep and distant biblical past. And um, can it, I'm just trying to think which... Which list were we doing? It was the, was it the Ugaroos? The Uratu. Uratu, Uvavu. Which, which one was it last week? Number 20, 27? 22. 22. 22. Dave. Is it 22 or 27? Does anybody know? 27. 27. 27. Someone might have have picked up the wrong list. I've misheard. Today is the 27th. Well, Last, the, the 22nd. So, ah, so Dave, you've sent me an Ugarit list, number 22, <laughs> and um, Adam has sent a um, Uratu list, which is almost the same apart from a few letters different. Um, okay. Well, look, I think in a new first for this feature, we will be comparing um, two utterly different lists from different countries <laughs> or nations and um, to see which one's the best. And then if Dave, I suspect... Um, if yours is the best, you'll still lose anyway because you messed up. But um, 
rather than, <laughs> rather than avoid this, let's try and plug our way through this and um, and talk about it. So, so I will just do a quick share screen, um, and we will see what we've got here in Adams. Okay. Um, now, I've always liked Arata because I remember reading about it in a very early um, edition of Miniature War Games, number five or something, that went on about it. And I was about 14 and I got all excited. But the problem with Aratu, uh, Arata and lists, and basically every game, every set of rules you've ever seen, is they're basically like the Assyrians, but a bit shitter. So you would sort of like, you actually just want to do the Assyrians, but I'm not allowed to. Because this week we were doing this twenty-seven, Aratu, Dave. So um, this is um, this is it. And when I, I say I can't it's believe like, it's not Assyrian. Yeah. Well, I can believe it's not Assyrian. It's things like Assyrians get four elite night chariots. Aratu gets two. Assyrians get elite bow, heavy cavalry bow. Aratu get medium cavalry bow ordinary. And mm -hmm. it's just like a bit more rubbish, to be honest. So okay. I've gone with. Um, one command with a brilliant general, yeah. um, and that's got the two heavy chariot impact elite um, and two heavy swordsman armor elite. Um, in biblical lists, any time you can get stuff that's foot troops that are armor, armor and elite, it's mm. always worth getting because they're always that much better than that's everybody super else. Tough, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because yeah. even if you sort of like lose a dice roll, you go, oh, plus one for elite, plus one for armor, it's draw. Which um which uh, winds up the opponents. I've also got um in this command three medium swordsmen and three light infantry javelin, and uh, this command's job is hopefully there's going to be some rough or horrible terrain on the flank because near enough always is. So it anchors a flank with a medium swordsman, light javelinman, um, extends that with a heavy swordsman armor elite because it doesn't care about too much, and the heavy chariot impact elite. Um, they're a reserve to be inserted somewhere soft and swishy. Um, and the other two commands are exactly the same. They've both got three medium cavalry, bow, ordinary, and three um, mixed troops, half medium swordsmen, half bowmen. Um, and they basically go on the rest of the table and work together and just sort of like try and pick an apart an opponent. Um, I'm not completely enamoured of this list, but um, it's it's just um it could work and it's just all right yeah, there you go I'd, that's mine yeah no so you've you because um that's a lot of medium cap well you've got a lot of shooting and i guess in this period um you've got a real choice haven't you either if the medium cavalry bow do get to sh get to avoid any enemy but archers they're they're absolutely fine against yeah. like chariots and things like that as well but if they come up against archers you can stick the the mixed swordman mixed bowmen and, and i guess not many people will come with more than six of those sorts of bowmen so you're kind of matching them aren't you really um at, mm -hmm. at least and um, yeah those two heavy swordsmen are are pretty pokey as well um i don't know anybody else um is that, have a... is that two wings of cavalry and a center of heavy chariots and infantry then yeah well Possibly, but what I prefer is to have um, the have the other command, the one with the heavy swordsman, um, on the flank. Because usually on the flank, you've got terrain on one side or the other. So that's where the medium swordsman, light infantry, javelin go in, and they hold down that flank um, with support from the heavy swordsman armor elite and the chariot, the heavy impact chariot reserves, and then the other two commands play on the rest of the table. 
because um, you've got troops that can go and rough and take advantage of it. If it's there, you've got lots of cavalry to gallop about shooting at stuff. You've got a bow that can shoot at stuff. And even a half-medium swordsman, half-bow, if I'm fighting against lots of bow, they're actually quite useful. So there's, um, they sort of like, it's more the idea of the medium cavalry and medium foot commands work together rather than either flank. Now, obviously, if there's a lot of nasty terrain in the middle, um, you might put the uh, first command in the middle and then have the two wings. But um, where, where they're a mirror, um, they can be quite flexible. But what, um, I, what I like is the fact that you've got troops that you can operate. Any, any of those commands have got an element that can work in terrain. If you don't get terrain, I think you're in serious trouble. The tweak I would make if I was using that army, given the list you've got, is I'd be inclined to swap some of the medium swordsmen in the first corps for some of the mixed units in the other corps so that you've got a bit more shooting capability with the guys trying to hold the terrain. And also, uh, you know, they can soften up uh, a potential target for the chariots or the heavy swordsmen to attack. I'd almost go another extreme and just double down on the medium sword bowman and just stick, you know, have six and six with one medium cavalry bow mediocre each and the other one with another six if you could do it or you know depends on numbers or anything else maybe five uh or four and have the two heavy chariot impacts and then you just got to uh, you know you've got the ability to just blat out an awful lot of bow coming at everybody um stick down a whole bunch of terrain and then just have your couple of heavy chariot impacts to um then go in and exploit when you can Again, that makes sense. Um, but the problem is that's even more taking a, I've got to get terrain in the right place. Because if the terrain doesn't fall, um, there's so much that a medium swordsman bow can be vulnerable to. That that's Because you've got to have at least six. Um, but they're just too risky if it doesn't work, if you see what I mean. Yeah, so I was hoping not. more for manoeuvring, getting into the right place. Yeah, rather than just lining them up and shooting. Yeah. yeah. On Andy's point, I've tried in an Assyrian army having, you know, two medium swordsmen, bowmen, and one medium swordsman, and and you end up being neither fish nor fowl. You know, having that extra one doesn't give you that much more quality. It's like having one ordinary and two mediocre instead of, you know, three mediocre in combat. I, I just found it looked really clever on paper, but I actually was just thinking, I wish I had... Yeah, a bit like this. I want three swordsmen. They're going to attack stuff. I've got three bowmen. They're all going to try and stand off and shoot stuff. It it it, it just kind of you know reduced your shooting a, a bit, so it didn't quite work out. It's whether um again whether there's a way of perhaps squeezing more light infantry bow. Is there light infantry bow in this list to make? Yeah, the, you can um, have a few. Yeah. Um, and you can swap them for the light infantry light infantry javelin. But I'm not. And I thought about that, but I just wasn't sure what they would bring. Whereas three lightning from javelin, if you get down a um, if you get yeah. down a steep hill or something, they actually become very, very useful. And the only terrain that this army's got is mountain. So if someone wants to attack me, they're attacking me in the mountains. So three light infantry javelins stood stood uphill on a steep hill is actually quite handy. No, I, I think right. that's good. I, was, I think I was more meaning the light. light Sorry. You only have two light infantry jabs. Oh, can you? Oh, for fuck's sake. Oh, well, one, Excuse my language. One of them will be a bowman, <laughs> I'm sure. But um, yeah. I think if you had a couple more, you know, whether it'd be worth swapping out one of those medium cavalry to put a couple of 
Lightfoot bow in just to make your shooters a little bit better. It's yeah, yeah. that's that's I'd, tweaking it a little bit, isn't it? I'd I'd swap out. You know, as you only are in the mountains, you're probably going to end up defending most of the time. And if you're attacking, it suits you even better. Um, but um, if you're defending in the mountains, you can use an awful lot of terrain to sort of cut it down. You can still, you know, okay, it's a negative having your um, hot medium troops in the mountains, but, you know, nobody can chase them uh, with the chariots. And then you just have a couple of chariots for a couple of gaps. Yeah, no, that, that would be fine. Um, and I don't mind having medium troops and mountains because, as I say, it's like anything they'll be fighting probably is going down even more. But it's like, apart from those regular games where all the mountains end up on my opponent's base edge. <laughs> yeah, then you end up yeah, on a billion table. Yeah, that's, that's what would normally happen to me. But... Yep, okay. All right. Um, well, shall we um, have a flick over at Dave's I Can't Believe It's Not Uratu list and, <laughs> um, and see what that one is then? Can I just say, sorry, before we go on, I just want to say about the Iratian army that um, it, it makes me think points costings for some troop types are very odd because yeah. I look at my army, it's only 22 big and it's not full of good stuff really, is it? Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's like Yeah, those, those no, medium cavalry bow look like they're a point too much in some ways, don't they? Medium cavalry yeah. bow look very expensive. The mixed sword and bow look... They're very expensive, those ones. Yeah. And you've got to have at least six. So it's like, because when I was doing it, it's like, oh, that's all I get. Um, yeah. So that, that was a bit surprising. So I think that list suffers from having quite a few overcosted troops. I yeah, and if you're only having one or two of them, yeah. one, one or two medium cavalry to pad it out is fine. But if, you, yeah, if you've got 12, it feels like you've got 12 points too many. You could shave a point off all of those, couldn't you? Mm, quite, yeah. quite comfortably. You've got to use the mixed medium infantry going forward to, to take shooting from the opponents and, and kick out the shooting and use the medium cavalry bow to aid those guys shooting. So against mounted, you, you're pretty good, actually. Okay. Yeah, no, you are. But it's but again, those mixed for nine points each, Yeah, they're just yeah. squishing up against too many things. That nine yeah. points each for me is a good troop type. And yeah, because you think of that good. Because um, being a mixed foot, they're mediocre in all, all melees. So, yes, you can shoot out, but we all know, since you're just swordsmen, even a spearman might think, I'll have you. Yeah. A medium yeah. spearman might go, I've got a big stick and I'm not mediocre. Poke. And I'm cheaper than you are. Poke. Yeah, it's a tricky one, isn't it? All right. Well, let's have, um, let's have a look at Dave's um, Ugaritic. Um, I can't believe it's not Uratu list. That we have here. So, Dave, um, you know, talk us through how you you made such a terrible, terrible error. To, no, um, talk, talk us through this list, which clearly is drawing from a much better um, mix of troops than the new. It's, it's a better option of an army. I mean, Arati is just a, a weak form of Syrian. In fact, I think that army's been downplayed because to make the Syrians look better, because it's okay. a historical basis, the Syrians just beat up on the Arati state on a continuous basis okay uh, for hundreds and hundreds of years so how did Aratuan state survive because it was in the mountains it was around Lake Van in the, um, the very east of Turkey 
And um, it's, they, they supplied the horses to the Assyrians, so they traded their horses. <laughs> That's very clever, isn't it? We're going to give you loads of horses, then you'll turn into an all-mounted army, right. and, and then so you the can't Assyrians attack us in the mountains. Yeah, the Assyrians used to come and beat him up. they say, right, here, take a load of horses and F off. <laughs> All right, mate, take a load of horses and F off. That's yeah, it, exactly. Chris Bosch. That's the Uratu language. So t- talk us through your Ugarit army then, Dave. The Ugarit, I can't believe it's not Uratu. Yeah. Vic Reeves, blah, yeah. blah. Um, I've got four heavy chariots impetuous elite. Of course, yeah. that's the law. That's yeah. good. They've got three javelin men to protect them so they can get in. Uh, so there's a skin, yeah. They've got a scout who's he's actually just there to give width, actually, because he's mm-hmm. mediocre. So, I mean, hopefully going to get four chariots in and stick the light horse on the outside to say, oh, look, I've got an overlap. Okay. Um, then core three, the two chariot, well, these are light chariots with bow, two elites and two non-elites. That's because the great thing about Eucharist list in biblical is you're allowed six elite chariots which not many if any other armies are allowed mm-hmm. most armies have four as a limit so you know you've got to have ch- light chariots in this army but that that those four light chariots there uh, you know they can mess around hold down some open space you could even put them down the middle so they just fall back while you fold in both wings that's yeah. one man or but the, the, real imp, the real working part of this is core two, which is 14 bases. Wow. That's, and yeah. You've got a brilliant Pardon. general, but the, the real fun of it is you've got three medium swordsmen impetuous, two elite heavy swordsmen, and two elite medium swordsmen impact. So you can be seven wide. You know, you probably lead in with the medium sword impetuous and see if they do any damage. Then you go in with the next four and you've got javelin to give it all width again. And uh, you've got my favorite mediocre bowmen, which can work with the light chariots to shoot <laughs> them in sort of thing like that. In a pair. That's an enormous. Plan, I think, I think this is a really good army, especially with 26 bases, which is again, ludicrously more than, although I suppose you have got what four, you've got four mediocre troops in there. No, five mediocre troops and um, same number of light infantry. No, yes. three more, three more light infantry. So, yeah, five mediocres and three more light infantry to give you an extra four um, yes. to to add-ins. Um, okay. Although I, you know, if I'm if we are putting these two on the same table, um, I'm actually looking at this going. One of Adam's flanking commands will eat your third core of four light chariots. You know, six, three medium cavalry and three of those mixed shooters will mm. will give that a right old shredding, really. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to pick on one of his one of one of one of his commands. I'm going to go after his infantry, yeah, while keeping his three medium cavalry occupied with my four light chariots. Yeah, and I'm going to use use the bowmen as the I know they're mediocre bowmen, but I can use my bowmen to assist the chariots. Mm. Might, you, you might want to use that, that third core as a flanking core. Yeah, that's a possible. That's a definite one of the ideas here. I mean. I used this in the one day competition at the club when came second mm. and I was really pleased with it. I mean, the, 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 the impetuous chariots are just what they do. They just run over things. <laughs> uh, but I think yeah. core two, I really like with the combination of impetuous swords, impact swords and heavy swords from an elite. You've four elites there and three impetuous. So if it cracks. Oh, you got in, a lot of crud in there as well. 
Yeah, it's filler. It's it's definitely filler. I mean, it's you know, I mean, if all those medium swordsmen all hit together, you've got javelin and mediocre on the outside. Yeah, yeah. An overlap and things like that. Yeah, and of course, if you can get them into the flank of people, it's actually going to hurt them. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's that's the plan. Those the, I love five point weapons. And the thing yeah. is, though, if um, Adam's list gets his mountains and he parks these um, uh, guys in the mountains shooting down. You're gonna be a bit stuffed, aren't you? Well, if he's on a if he's on a if he's on a steep hill, then he's medium infantry on a steep hill, disordered. I've got three light javelins. Yeah, he's got more light javelins than Adam does. Yeah, that's true. You can actually have a go at it. Wow. Okay. Um, first, but you know, I, even though you know we're javelin. <laughs> yeah. Even though we're saying it's, um, you know, that's that is a really powerful central command. You've actually got twenty-two units in those first two yes. commands, which makes your um, your light chariot bow a bit of a bonus as well. Um, yeah. You know, having the the heavy. Well, were you tempted to kind of sort do a sort of similar thing to Adam and your four heavy chariot command? You know, I've, I've used the Syrians with a four heavy chariot, you know, delivery system, or actually. I've used it kind of with an even smaller command with a two um, and kept two somewhere else. But is there not a point at which both of your commands, the four heavy chariots and some supporting foot um, and well, they're not supporting foot, they're screening skirmishers. And then your other one, which is just four light chariots. Um, you've got everything in one command in the middle. Um, whereas, you know, Adam can gang stuff up together in his, were you not tempted to put a um, a bit more stuff in with maybe the chariots or the the light horse to try and balance it out a bit? Nah, no. <laughs> <laughs> just go with like big command no, fourteen. Two four heavy chariots in the delivery system, especially as they're impetuous. Hmm. You know, they're they're going to win you the game or lose you the game to some degree. Yeah, and just uh, roll yeah. up and flatten anything in front of you. I think that's what they do. Yeah. What's, yeah. what's, what's the other possibilities? The four heavy chariots can be on one side. If you, you can support the heavy chariots with the light chariots. So you can give yourself what is essentially an eight chariot frontage, hmm. you know, um, yeah. which the delivery system for the heavy chariots. And then hopefully, you know, if, you, if you're facing an opponent who's got four heavy chariots, you're always going to get overlaps on him. Yeah. That's kind yeah. of the plan. And if you don't want it that way around, you've got stuff in core two, which can support either of the light chariots or the heavy chariots and bring troops to them. Well, then, yeah, so you see, against one, of, against one of Adam's corps, you could line up your heavy chariots with the light infantry in front to start charging the uh, medium foot, and your four chariots are going to overmatch his three medium cavalry. Yeah, well, they're going to they're gonna smash his medium sword. Sorry, Adam, they're going to run over your medium cavalry. Yeah, no, I would agree with infantry you. Bow because... I'm going to get my light. I'm going to sacrifice my light foot to get the four heavy chariots into, you know, say, you know, I might have to occupy. If you're if you're putting down um, a hard surface on one edge to line up your medium infantry spit, uh, with armor, I'll just match that with with command one, and then use commands. Uh, sorry, command two, and then command one and three on the outside to take on your medium cavalry and medium bowmen. I mean, because what I would say is, like what I said earlier, it's like you've got heavy chariot, impetuous elite, yes. cost 12 points, yes. and I've got mixed bow, medium foot that costs nine. 
Yes. I'm not sure that's not out yeah. of kilter, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose, you know, you could, could you, um, you know, just try to think of a way. Of, it's it's uh, difficult uh, because in some circumstances, a mass formation of those, I mean, I think one of the problems is they're medium sword with bow. Yeah. yeah. Whereas in some armies, you get medium spear with bow. And Absolutely. The that would make them better. That would make them, it would make them better. And, and I think there's a thing in the biblicals that they don't like to give troops, I mean, they don't like to give troops spear. And unfortunately, that makes them like they just fodder for their chariots. Yeah, no, I, I am still looking at it, wondering, you know, one of Adam, what are your flanking commands? If you if you sacrificed or accepted the loss of the um, the infantry to those four heavy chariots, whether that you know, gives your cavalry room to kind of get around the back and do anything, um, that that middle command, you know, there is, I think, there's in theory a matchup you know your your three swordsmen take on the three impetuous swordsmen which is a bit of a wash your chariot takes on the medium swordsman impact and beats it and your heavy swordsmen are better than than the ones here but then there's still four or five other troops floating around doing doing stuff and i think that that light chariot you'd have to get in really quickly with one of your other flanking commands to to those light chariot and drive them back but that kind of you know that kind of says that you need to be attacking in which case, you've you've not necessarily got that mountain terrain. Um, well, they both they both got an issue of one. Yeah, which is a lottery, I, isn't it? I think um, the light chariot command will be toast against me, but I yeah. just don't see how my army manages the other two commands because the yeah. rest of my army is the same size as your army. Because the whole yeah. thing, yeah, you're deploying six, and that's only leaving you with um, taking out the four 40, chariot sixteen with your twenty-two. Yeah. Well, you know, I think um, it's it's slightly surreal to have a vote on it, and um, you know, maybe we should put in kind of some sort of penalty um, to Dave. Oh. Possibly we should make him no, uh, <laughs> that's too complicated. But but I think if we if we just kind of I don't know, anybody else got any other comments on this, or shall we just run down it and decide that this list is a better list than the Uratu list? Yeah, definitely. That's what I would say. Ugarit beats show of, beats. show of hands. I think show of hands. I think we're all. We're all Syrian, Canaanian, and Ugaritics, and the Uratus. You wouldn't often see a Uratu army in a, in a competition, I don't know. But the Maybe thing is, a... we know that um, Dave would take this to a competition, would lose with it, and we'd spend the trip back <laughs> on the car, him telling us why he brought the wrong list anyway. So <laughs> That could be it. He'd be saying he should have brought the proper Assyrians, really. The, the Ugarit's a poor man's Assyrian, and the um, Uratu's a poor man's Ugarit. So there's I'd just, love uh, to know where the list get these Medjurlem guardians. Are. I mean, I know a bit about Ugarit history. Ugarit was destroyed because they sent their army to fight with the Egyptians. I mean, while they, their army was away, they got sacked by the sea peoples. And there were letters saying, give us back our troops quick because we're being sacked. But I'd love to know where all the troops were. <laughs> what, the Medjurlem? That's, yeah, that's, are you sure that's the correct spelling? It looks like you just bashed your keyboard at random i copied it right i mean basically there's the sheridans which are sea people and i think there's some sort of like you know guardsmen it's, it's an interesting mm. yeah some interesting troop types which i think come from uh from phil i've even met you i've met you i think they might have been sea people i think they are sea people yeah oh they're the heavy infantry sea people. Way that you've got mesh uh, like the mesh wesh and the sheridan and the yeah 
Yeah. Oh, well, now that, that does remind me, I do have a whole Sea People's Army that I don't think I've ever actually put on table as well. Oh, most, yeah, that's not even painted during the I lockdown. Once, I once played John, um, what's his name? The one who owns uh, the Miniatures Company. John Roberts. Yeah. yeah. With Sea People's using my Hebrews, and I beat him. And he said, I'm going I'm to change the name from Sea People's to Wet Wipes. Right. <laughs> they were wet and they were wiped out. Okay. Well, on that note, then, um, definitely time to draw draw a veil under this um, slightly um, smacks of incompetent um, iteration of our army list comparison. So, sorry, Adam, you gave it a good old go. I think it's a very good way of putting together that list, but um, unfortunately, we don't think it's as good as a list that shouldn't have been um, put up against you as competition, which, Oops. you know, I guess is. Um, a little bit like what appears to have just happened with Niskin's Cabano getting a 90-something minute, um, 91st minute goal to give Fulham a 2-0 lead going into the second leg. So, And I think the um, Syrian Kane and Anugarit definitely have a 2-0 lead, even if they manage to get through the first leg uh, against the Uratu. This means war. Yes, and as is traditional, we um, after playing that music at the end of the section, we then remember that we've forgotten to check what list we're doing last week, in or next week, sorry, in fact, in this podcast. I got too excited about Fulham possibly getting, a, well, definitely getting a 2-0 first leg lead into the um, playoffs, which obviously may actually be all over by the time that this comes out um, at the end of this week. So enough of my Fulham talk, really. I'll, I'll cut that short. Simon, have you got the um, the magic computer, the screen open? I do. I'll do the sound effects for you while you press the button. List 120, Chinese, 120. Nor- Chinese Northern and Southern Dynasties. That's a good, classic. That's, That's a, a real... proper one, isn't it? That's a real good one. have an elephant. It's got um, an elephant. It has so one elephant. If you choose that option. Okay. Yep. Yeah, loads of different versions. So who wants to put their hands up for a um, a Chinese next week? Chinese, number on. 120. I'll, I'll have a go. Yeah. Mr. Webb, you're on it? Yeah. Mr. Webb, shall I join you? Simon, uh, you've got absolutely. a 20 mil army. It's got to be you, hasn't it? Yeah, it so does, a, yeah. So it's a Webb, Lee, Ray, Mayer special next yeah. week as um, we round up and do the, the Chinese Northern Southern Dynasties. Fantastic, right. which must mean, having having remembered to do the section that we always forget to do and now having remembered to do it, the only thing, or almost the only thing left to do is roll straight into Andy's quiz. Muppet show over for another week, boys and girls. And <laughs> so, Andy... Um, uh, last week was was last week something um, about swearing or am, am yes, I it called, last week was called language timothy Excellent. and i asked you um which historical generals used the following naughty words mm. first one was at the battle of Eylau in 1807 this commander of the french imperial guard cavalry said to his troops when they were being struck by occasional stray musket balls on haute la tête la mitraine pas de la merde which basically means um Keep your heads up. He's a bullet, not toads. Okay. Anyone um, new? Not a clue, I'm afraid. Anybody else? His name was General Le Pique. Le Pique. 
right? The second Lepic, L-E-P-I-C. And not, at not the like, Battle um, of like, Quentin de Lenoro in Portugal. Not like Don't, don't Tell him, him, No, didn't. That's a different one. Lepic, that's right, yeah. Yeah, I don't think he wore a scarf, that's the only thing. Okay. Um, right. At the Battle of Waterloo, when called on to surrender, which Imperial Guard commander gave a disdainful reply? There's two versions of what he's reputed to have said. One is, la garde meurt, mais il ne surrende pas, which means the guard dies, but it doesn't surrender. And the other version is, merde. Anyone heard of this guy? Le Pique. Uh, he's called he was Cambron. Cambron. Isn't he a neighbor? Yeah. Cheese. No? Possibly now. Smelly cheese. Murdy cheese. He's what? Okay. Is he a mate of cheese? Camembert, yeah, sorry. Okay, right. Right. Then moving to World War II, which American general, when called upon to surrender the town of Bastogne to the surrounding Germans in December 1944 in the Battle of the Bulge, replied, nuts. Macaulith. Correct. Ah, we've got one. <laughs> yeah. The thing that gets me about that, though, is there's a set of skirmish rules, World War II, called nuts. Someone, obviously, after that. And I know for English that's all right, it's nuts, but it would be like us bollocks. writing a setting of rules and calling it bollocks. Yeah. Which, <laughs> for a name of set of rules, it is a bit weird, really, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was could, a paratroop you... general, he was in command of a, a, an armoured, sorry, paratroop brigade or a paratroop division, one of the two. You Probably could just call the rules um, Rollocks or something, because there is Water Tanker, isn't there? You know, and that's pretty close. Well, I, I decided to put another set of rules. I Troops, weapons and tactics. Well, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think I've played plenty of sets of rules like that in my time. Okay. Bastoin is actually called Nut City to the Americans. <laughs> yeah. Weird if you actually called it Bollocks City. <laughs> it would for us. It would for us. But, but Andy, hit us with next week's questions. Well, no, there was a bonus question last week. Oh, if you remember. A bonus question, of course. Yeah. And it was, um, we, I played you a, a track from a, a sharp movie. And apart from Bernard Cornwell, you hear one other, sorry, not Bernard Cornwell, uh, Sean Bean. You hear somebody else speak, who's um, Patrick Harper, and I want to know who is the name of the actor who played Cap uh, Patrick Harper, but I'll just remind you of the um, soundtrack. What an idiot. What a dirty little douche, ruffle-brained bastard. Put on his pops clown up his royal pop stars. A blue-blooded twat. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. So who's saying, oh dear, oh dear, oh dear? Dara O'Malley. Well done. Go to the top of the class, Townsend. The ah. bloke same pet. Was he? No. So. Okay, well I didn't know that, but he was definitely Darrett O'Malley. Right, so next week's quiz is the theme is there was this Irishman okay so who are the following three gentlemen of Irish birth or ancestry number one the British general who on being reminded of the fact he was born in Ireland replied being born in a stable doesn't make you a horse okay. number two the American general who was appointed as military governor of Texas after the Civil War and who once commented that if he owned hell in Texas, he'd rent out Texas and live in hell. <laughs> it does get hot, yep. Yep. 
And number three, the British Admiral, who on being advised to stop sending his ships to Crete to help evacuate the British forces in 1941 because of mounting losses to air attack, replied, it takes the Navy three years to build a ship, but it will take 300 years to build a new tradition. The evacuation will continue. Bold. Bold and solid. Good yep. for a submariner as well, possibly. Um, <laughs> okay, then. Well, look, we've got some good answers to um, to look forward to next week. Okay, then. Well, look, we're, um, we're into the final straight now, then, which is... Um, I guess, first of all, to, to remind everybody that, that next week we're going to do a, a unique feature um, to replace something to, to try and recap on everything that we painted in the last 20 weeks. Um, I have a suspicion that might take longer than two hours in its own right, but, but let's see if we can <laughs> rattle through that as well as we come to it. But, but as we go into this final week of the 20-part um, lockdown special series, it's just a question, what's on your painting table, your gaming to-do list for, for the next week? So, Simon, what's, what's first up for you? Uh, scaringly, I've got nothing on the painting table this week. So I think a miniature order needs to be done. Okay, I'll, I'll order those main force infantry for you. That, that, that is the prompt <laughs> for me to, um, to get that sorted. Uh, all right. Saunders, what, what about you? Are you still Breton sweatering till you've got 50 bases? Well, there's still one, two, three, four, five, six. There's about seven bases of uh, heavy, impetuous foot with stripy jumpers on the painting table. Okay. Well, I, might, I, might, I might pull up something different just to uh, be a bit different, I think. Give yourself a break from impetuous foot. Impetuous, sweaty foot. Okay. Um, sweaty feet. Andy, what about you? Um, I'm not going to be painting my sweaty feet, but I'm going to be finishing off the... Um, Thracians and then because I'm going away on holiday next week although I'll be taking part in the podcast and I'll be taking my 25 mil stuff to spray black and stick together and stuff I probably need something to keep me entertained for a little while so you're going to be um fair time so I'll probably do a Greek temple okay so you're, you're actually going to be I'm going assembling, to be deep stuff. assembling and undercoating plastic figures on the beach in Cornwall when you're on holiday uh, well, no, this is out, out in the garden of the uh, barn we're renting in um, Wales. Oh, right, Wales. Well, if it's Wales, that's fine then, yeah. If I tried that, my wife would probably stab me. <laughs> well, th th that is a risk, but she, you know, she did say, oh, you could, you know, she just wants to see a different four walls for a week and get away. We were supposed to be going to Normandy, but for various reasons, we kind of chickened out of going there. And um, so she's got, a, she's got a friend who's got this place as a barn, it's, they're doing it up to live in so they rent it out so we're going to go there and she said you can bring some paints and you know you can sit and paint and i'll chill out and whatever okay so that was all fine and then i got the boxes that i was going to bring she said you're bringing all that and um <laughs> bringing all that my god we're taking the bloody normans to invade wales not the first time it's happened <laughs> again again <laughs> right no, quite they, right they, they didn't they didn't get the hint first time round. <laughs> They'll be lucky if they don't get flushed down the usk. Yeah. <laughs> right, Damien's oh. here. I get some more. Oh, I think, I think no, we've got a new thing. Damien's not open to visitors. I already checked that out. <laughs> I think we've got, well, we got a quote for the advert then um, that we'll be putting out <laughs> midweek. I think that's a new one. Flushed down the usk. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to be flushed down worse. the usk, do you? 
Right. So okay. now we've got Andy's new uh, team name, Flush Down the Ask. Flush Down the Ask, <laughs> yes. Pete. By Badger. Flush Down the Ask by Badger. Um, <laughs> Peter, now, now we're talking about toilet brushes. Um, what are you painting this week? <laughs> well, with my painting style, I might as well be using a toilet brush. Um, I'm going to be finishing off my uh, Spanish uh, nights because um, I've just got a lot on at the moment. So it's just... I chip away at them when I can, odd hour here and there. So hopefully by uh, next Monday, I should have actually got um, them finished off. Uh, lots of distractions at the moment. Right. Okay. Are you doing the badger banners for them? Uh, yes, <laughs> the absolutely. Badger. Well, I've got to find a decent military order that's not too horrific. Too when you look at the Spanish military orders, any suggestions taken? Santiago. Yeah. I'll have a quiz. All right. Tamsin, what, what are you... No, you said you got some figures that um, you're, uh, you're I've starting. I've got a lot of figures to prep. Yeah. I the infamy, infamy. And I've got... I a load more scatter terrain for, for the Judge Dread projects. Okay. So I'll, so I'll be doing... 15s, 28s, all... You're doing a bit of everything then. A bit of everything. Fantastic. Yeah. And um, Adam, what about you? Um, you? You were saying you were coming a bit to an end of something. Um, yeah, gluing together spray painting and painting some more roman legionaries have you been um while we're doing this have you been clicking away in the background to try and decide which sarmatian cataract figures you go for or is that something you're saving for tomorrow i'll save that for tomorrow it's that that would involve multitasking doing two things at once and yeah. i find it hard enough to walk and talk so um yeah i'll uh, yeah save that tomorrow. <laughs> so, good uh, and i think from my point of view it is going to be back to that wall-to-wall uh, -wall horses although i do have um uh, one single Malifaux figure that, that arrived a bit later than all the rest of them, Dr. Andrei Sokolov, um, who, um, special edition, who is now prepped and undercoated black and ready to go with his um, mechanical arm and two enormous, um, sort of slightly weird, you would be arrested for carrying them um, swords, which, you know, I guess you would be arrested for carrying most swords, to be fair. So that's that's kind of going to be on my my to-do list but mostly a horse-based thing it is going to be another week of that whole weird thing about the horses so on that note i think it's um before before we go oh, there's more um, there's more no i'm just thinking for um the gray badger's uh, holy order you could have the Ordon sagrada del uh, tejongri the holy order of the gray badger the gray badger <laughs> yes. nice i like it that could be it I'll, well I'll, I'll try and get some water slide transfers made up for you See if we can send Perfect. some over to put on. That could be it. Yeah, I could do with some for some twenty-five mil um, shields, medieval shields. If you, if... What badger-based ones? Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that that maybe is my way. And actually, one other thing. Yes, this week I'm also going to um, just inspired, I think, slightly by Taylor Swift, who um, dropped a complete album this week with no fanfare or preparation at all, um, just into the market. I may actually just drop three battle reports into the um, into the internet with no warning whatsoever because I've, I've just about finished them. I've just got a couple of maps to tweak and a few more kind of poor quality I'm yeah. in America um, gags to slide in. And I think they may um, may hit the shelves or the shelves of Facebook and all the other places later on this week as well. Tim, I thought you were just suddenly going to slide in there and drop in that you just brought a 10 mil British army for the Napoleonics. Still not. I've still avoided that. I've nearly bought a 15 mil Carolingian army. I've, I've priced Ooh. it up and nearly bought it because, you know, owning two bases of the figures to start with and then going, well, I'm well, already halfway the there. <laughs> oh, halfway there. Rude to finish them up. I've still not delivered your Carolingians, have I? 
No, that's it. I've, actually, no, I have actually bought some of them already. I just need to buy the rest, buy the um, the comedy infantry and do that. So, yes, I, I'd even forgotten half starting it. So it's looking good. <laughs> we'll all be ready to rock and roll on that one. So, so for our final um, in this limited series painting report um, next week to see how well we've all done. So thank you, everybody. Um, good night. And um, as we always do, stay safe out there in lockdown world. Good night. circling my house <laughs> what have okay. you done this time yeah what have you done this time no i've got a police helicopter he's definitely circling right they've um they're tracking down you've painted too many breton shirts no, something no. like that that could be the answer Don't get flushed down the ask.